1: Rotoviz Dynasty Reanimators Part 5. That is what is the topic of conversation on today's show. We are going to talk about some of the trades we made around the time of our cutdown over the FFPC in our Rotoviz Triflex League. We're also going to talk about some moves that we have made since one, involving trading away Jill and Waddle. And we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about what you need to do, what you should do, and maybe what you shouldn't do if you're thinking about. Trading away some of your current players for a high value asset, the likes of a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase, to really try and elevate your squad. What are the risks and rewards in doing so? And what should you be giving up or not giving up? We're going to look at it from a pick's perspective, a player's perspective. And I know sometimes those picks can feel easy to give up at this point in time, but they can mean a lot to your roster down the line. So we're going to look at it from an overall roster construction. But Sean, we have had some fun. We started off the road of his Reanimator series couple of probably two months ago took over the team an orphan team over at the ffpc we've been building it up over the last ever since we took it over but something that we mentioned in one of the opening shows is not to rush it not to force the trades not to panic and think if i don't make a trade now it's never going to happen the trades have started to roll in the offers of building up those relationships have started to build in over the last couple of weeks we're getting more offers in that inbox we're sending out more offers building those relationships so i think Just to start off, before we get into the trades, looking back to those conversations in the opening four parts of this series, I think now we're starting to see some of the valuable nature of building those relationships, opening those trade talks, and having those conversations. Exactly. And
2: now that we have executed these most recent three trades, we are up to having made a move with five of the 11 other managers. And so I think that's really encouraging. You never know what you're going to get when you jump into a league. But one of the things that I really like about the RV TriFlex format over at the FFPC sort of overall is that it's a format that requires a lot of trading because of the multiple cutdowns, because the veterans who get cut are in the rookie draft. All of those things fuel moves. And I I think if you want to play Dynasty dynamically, that's the kind of thing that you're looking for. Now, just because there's a lot of trading doesn't necessarily mean that everyone is going to be friendly about the trading, but we've had a lot of good experiences and specifically in this league, I think it's been fantastic. Everyone has been really easy to work with and we say easy to work with That's from the perspective of when you send out trades and you're exchanging information and you're sending little notes kind of explaining where you are and that's been very helpful in this league where we've gotten back. Notes from people kind of explaining where they are, what they want to do. And that's really facilitated trades. Whereas, I mean, you can always be in leagues where you send out a pretty close trade and maybe it needs a tiny tweak to get over the line and you just get a reject. And this so you're kind of thinking, you know, are they further off in the value, or is this player a deal breaker for them? Someone who's just kind of off the list entirely in terms of a guy that they would move. And so then you don't know if you should go back to them at all if you don't provide some information when you decline a trade then in some ways you're asking for <laughs> more spam on that basic package and so if you don't want that just explain to people kind of <laughs> why you weren't interested in the first place but Colin, like i said we've had great success in this league making moves because people were interested in improving their roster and doing little things to get that done so we have the cut down deadline we had three extra guys that we were going to probably have to cut. And so we were interested in moving to get from 19 down to 16. Now, the three guys that we were looking to move didn't have very much value. And so you have to be aware of that fact and not ask for more than these guys are worth because the veterans are in the rookie draft. And if you don't play RV Triflex, this is something I would strongly encourage you to do if you want to sort of reinvigorate your dynasty league i mean you can get to the point where everybody has 30 40 man rosters they've got taxi squads and no trades are happening you're trying to figure out well you know how can we make this league a little more active put some guys back into the mix into the rookie drafts to make this kind of thing a little bit more interesting force people to make moves with their roster and not just sit for years and years We know a lot of listeners are doing this. And I guess this is a great time to put in a quick plug column for the orphans. We tend to mention this when we do the shows. I was really surprised when I looked through again the other day. Dave sends out great emails about this from the FFPC. They're getting ready to start some new startups. But if you want to kind of facilitate that process and I think just get yourself a really good discounted team, I was shocked that like four of the teams left. When I checked the other day, now there are more teams than that. And I'm really just exclusively looking at the TriFlex format. That's the one I'm interested in. But before the teams left, we fantastic. And so even though we're late in the dynasty orphan period, if you want to get in there and get one of these teams and do what you and I are doing, then you can So unless those four teams were grabbed in the last 24 hours or so, I mean, you should be in great shape. But we wanted to make small moves because every additional pick... That you can get, especially I think in those top four rounds, is extremely valuable and not necessarily even for the pick itself, but the flexibility that it gives you. One of the moves we made recently was to trade a two for a three, four, five. So we have two threes, two fours, and two fives in this draft, and we don't have next year's two. But so we don't have next year's two. We're trying to build up that depth. And what we did was swap Michael Gallup and a fifth for a 2024 fourth and swap Gardner Minshew and a set for 24 fourth. And in both of those cases, we just move up slightly in a future draft, but we get into the fourth round, we allow other teams who maybe need a 16th player to get a guy who has some real value and to do it for almost nothing. So from that perspective, I mean, this is the definition of a small trade, but a win-win trade. And if you're trying to create those small edges and then build them over time, these are the kinds of trades you need to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned we're only moving up, you know, a round or two in the later rounds off these drafts, but obviously with those veteran players being available and added into those, you know, players continuously get moved down the actual well, overall board. We had three players that Sean mentioned or sorry, we had to cut three players from our team. We traded away two of them, moved up and picks the other player that we did cut was Curtis Samuel we were shopping him around trying to move it but it meant in those situations of players that we were going to have to cut for no return like a Curtis Samuel who we get nothing for just loses uh, his spot on the roster we do move up so again rather than just sitting on your hands coming up to the trade deadline and realistically Sean we could have been in on this action maybe a week earlier than we did start on uh, ahead of the trade deadline and, and maybe got Samuel moved as well but being able to move those and you know create value in future drafts And again, people may be more willing to move on those picks in the future years versus the current years. But moving into the bigger trade, Sean, that I think people will be most interested in in discussing, and that was moving Jalen Waddle. So we go past the cut-down date. That allows us now to add players again to the roster post-cut-down date. So we do a two-for-one offer, and this is where those conversations come in again because the original offer that came in was different to what we went on then to accept in this particular situation. The deal that we do is moving Jalen Waddle and receiving Trelon Burks and Jerry Judy. So the original offer had some picks that came from both sides. We were kind of gaining value in picks, similar to what we had uh, been offering in the, the kind of cut-down period. But Jerry Judy was the player that we added, and the player that was offered originally was Trey McBride with the additional picks. We go back with Jerry Judy... Traylon Burks and Jalen Waddell but we had other parts in there as well but due to the conversations that we had Sean we came to this agreement pretty swiftly from that opening offer and again I think having those clear discussions clear valuations conversations and and some of these deals like you mentioned the picks and the players that were additional were going to be the likes of a Trey McBride, Evan Ingram from our side moving some later picks and the easiest way that we came to the conclusion was let's just cut everything else out and let's just go with the of the the key ingredients to what both teams want so we give up Jalen and waddle we get trail on burks we get jerry judy how are you feeling um post trade i guess and and how but what made you want to put this one over the line because we we all know that we both like jerry judy i've got a lot of questions through twitter dms over the last two or three weeks around uh jerry judy you know versus the likes of a dj Moore, for example but trail on work somebody were excited about Jerry Judy somebody were excited about but Jill Waddle, someone we're also very very excited about with his development earlier early in his career so what's your uh, thoughts as the dust has settled here this was a fun one and
2: exactly as you described it it was a perfect example of working with another manager and using the information from previous trade offers we had reached out and tried to trade for trade mcbride earlier and because we had done that they sent us an interesting offer with McBride that included the player that they wanted from our team which is Jalen Waddle and so once you see that and you see that they're looking for Waddle on your side and they're willing to give up Traylon Burks then you can kind of work to figure out what will actually make the package and so the other player that we're interested in is Jerry Judy I've been considering a variety of offers sort of cold offers for him separate from that. And as soon as that offer comes in, you're starting to think, okay, maybe now we're close. It depends on what they think of Judy here. But if they're willing to move Judy, we can get this done. And you don't never want to give up a Jalen Waddle. I mean, he's one of the two reasons that we picked this team team. in the first place, right? (laughs) Justin Jefferson and Jalen Waddle, plus enough quarterback value to make some moves to be covered. And you're like, this, this is the perfect team. This is the perfect orphan. We're going to go out and get it to no longer have that player a month in in some ways is a little bit weird but the value of having a Jalen Waddle is that it can allow you to make some of these moves and Waddle is somebody that I have as the wide receiver six if you have him as the wide receiver six in dynasty the trade value is extremely high he's not in that top tier with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase but he obviously is in the next tier Judy's somebody at wide receiver 12 and you can argue that there's another Fairly significant break from the area that Waddle is in to where you have Jerry Judy. But you've got guys of similar age. You have Judy finishing last season strong. And right now, I think, it's a good time to go get him because there's so much uncertainty. And uncertainty can really fuel trades, even if it doesn't actually change the value very much. And we've seen that with a lot of the quarterbacks who have questions right now. A lot of Lamar Jackson trades getting done. You look at Judy and he's in a situation where if he stays with the Broncos for the long term and he has Sean Payton as the coach with his route running and even just the production that he has demonstrated so far, the way that he fairly clearly became the wide receiver one. I think there's a gap between him and everybody else on that roster as a receiver. Once you have Sean Payton in the mix, there are a variety of ways now that they can address the QB issue whether it's with Russell Wilson or going to someone else. And I think that gives him both floor and ceiling and also an interesting peak time period here. You're going to have a three to four year stretch where he can theoretically score a lot of points. And because he had a poor beginning to his career compared to what people hoped, three years from now, his trade value could very easily be higher than it is today. There aren't a lot of players you can really say that about, because of the way trade value works and because of how that tends to decline as you move through a player's career. So that part of it I like. We like the scoring part of it. If he moves to a different team, I think that could unlock him because the situation in Denver has been poor. So in either scenario there, I think there is sort of untapped upside and upside that isn't fully realized in most of the trade value discussions that you have with folks. Then you look at Traylon Burks, and you have a player who, because of the injuries – in his rookie season and because of the inept passing attack that you have there with the Titans he's probably a second player who is overly depressed relative to where he could easily be and where he might be by midseason. Now, he was such a good prospect that I mean there's his value is only going to be depressed so far at least until he goes out and has a second bad season. We could easily be picking him up and have him six months from now be a lesser asset so that's again one of the reasons why he is movable either way you can acquire him you can sell him because of that extremely wide range of outcomes but when you're going to move someone like waddle you really need to get a two for one where both players could get to you know 97 98 percent of what waddle is but to do that to get two players of that kind you're going to have to be willing to take on the risk and the uncertainty of those players having some questions
1: you definitely there's a lot of risk with it there's also the opposite side of when you have somebody like a waddle and we unfortunately see injuries happen in the nfl ken has given you almost two tickets to the raffle versus the one ticket with what we know what jerry judy or not we know what waddle has at the moment but we've seen the issues too with two at quarterback and concerns around that but the two players we'd again in on works, I think it's going to be very interesting with him going into his second year. There's some questions around what the, the Titans are going to do, how that's going to play out. You know, going into last season, very disappointing versus how the outcome was. But I think there was always going to be some growing pains with the Titans there. And if we look at Judy, as much as, you know, last season was a, a real train wreck for the Denver Broncos, and we've talked about that a lot of times, there's potential to look back and that to have been judy's best year of his career when we look through his first year had some struggles some impressive performances you know he has a couple of games over 100 yards in that season actually finishes that season strong like he has finished this season strong but the second year then plays week one misses uh six consecutive games after that misses week 17 that season so misses a good portion of that kind of potential development was inactive for two games this past season but finishes the season very strong When we look down the stretch with Uh, 65 73 76 117 only 38 in the second to last game but 154 yards in that final game so there was things to, to look to the other thing with judy is there's only nine career touchdowns shot for him six of them did come last season three of those did come against kansas city so hopefully we see more consistency in that end zone as well and we just see a better all-around Denver Broncos but maybe he isn't there for the long term we'll just be turning 24 years old next week as well so younger than some people may be expecting even though he has had three seasons in the NFL but I think that is a trade that we're going to track throughout the year obviously we're going to talk about these trade, but that feels like one which could come week 17 of 2023 we could be saying oh Jalen and Waddell. You know, wide receiver tree on the season. If we had kept him, we we win this league easily. Or we could be saying, you know, Jerry Judy has his strongest season, and on Works has really broken out and basically did what Waddle did in his second season. So lots of interesting facets there. If we're putting down a marker, Sean Waddle still finishing the highest out of these three guys in terms of overall finishes to the season. I know you really like Jerry Judy's potential this year, but the other one is on Works and. We'll see what they do through the, the NFL draft, but there's a lot of pie for him to, to potentially get there if um, if he can stay healthy and, and things start to move in the right direction for the Titans.
2: I certainly hope that Waddle is still the highest scoring of these players. We love him. We have him a lot in other formats, both dynasty and best ball. As you mentioned, this is not a bet against Jalen Waddle, it is a reflection of the fact that there are going to be risks with any players. And He struggled with some injuries last year. Tua struggled with some injuries. Tua is our quarterback. We were willing to move off of this pairing and perhaps, again, spread that risk around a little bit. Coming in, this team had Cousins to go with Jefferson, had Tua to go with Waddle. In Dynasty, if you're going through and there are some years where your team is hit by injury, if it's an elite team, maybe you don't win those years, even if you do have the best team. And there's something to be said for keeping some of those outcomes a little bit more correlated by having the QB with the wide receiver. But we don't want to be weighed down by feeling like we have to keep those guys together and avoid moves that really help our roster in order to keep those pairings together. We've moved off of both of them at this point and I think made the team stronger. The other interesting part about this is that now our starting receiver group, at least today, and there's going to be. A lot of closeness, I think, with these last guys. But you have Judy, Jefferson, Pickens, Hopkins, and Jamison Williams. Traylon Burks maybe starts the year on the bench. Although where we are today versus where we are by week four of the NFL season between Pickens and Jamison Williams, Burks, I mean, those guys could move quite a bit. Hopefully all of them emerge as stars. They've all had little pieces that would encourage you But even though you're making a move now where you could say, okay, that actually makes your starting lineup weaker as well, because the two for one, the two don't even necessarily go into the starting lineup, but we know there are going to be injuries. We know there are going to be buys. We know it's hard to predict who is fantastic. If you have a situation where DeAndre Hopkins completely disappears or Pickens or Williams miss, now you've got another guy who can move in there. Colin, this trade to me was also a little bit more interesting because we're still in the early phases of the perpetual reloading. We're still in the early stage of creating a lot of future pick value. One of the things that we did by moving the 2024 second round pick was to get that two threes, two fours, and two fives. But the other side of that is that unlike in so many leagues, we only have one first round pick and only have one second round pick. And so if you're looking at those guys as maybe the impact players, this team would go from only 16 guys after the cutdown to 18 players who might be impact players. And I mean, we're hoping to hit with those other picks, but you also want to be realistic. You want to create as many paths as possible. This will get us to the point where a two for one. Now we have an extra guy, a 19th guy that we really like. And that we think can be, you know, foundation type of players. And so then out of all of the extra ammunition you have, and then free agency once the season starts you can be very comfortable that the 20th spot is also going to be well represented but because this team isn't as deep in picks in power picks i think this trade made more sense
1: yeah and there's also the thing you mentioned there about being so far away from the actual season we have to go through the draft and there is going to be players that continue to move the likes of a deandre hopkins probably isn't in arizona for example and there's there's going to be lots of other moving parts on this roster but that also means that depending on how those situations play out some of these players won't be on this roster come week one for us but having those additional pieces and say Judy and Burks, can also be some pieces that you can move to facilitate other moves that we're going to probably talk a little bit about when we get into our listener question about trading for you know those high-end elite assets and that might be something that we are able to move these players into to go for a different player before the season kicks off but just To fill in on how the team stands at the moment, it's Tua, it's Sam Howell, it's Matthew Stafford. At running back, we have Swift, we have Antonio Gibson, Raheem Mostert, Damian Harris. There's obviously work to be done prior to the season at that position. Then DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, Rondell Moore, George Pickens, Jamison Williams, Treylon Burks to round out the wide receiver room. And then we have Isaiah Likely, Pat Firemuth, and Evan Ingram at tight end so i think this team again continues to look nice we're building out those picks i won't go through all the picks we have but that is some consolidation there to give us those extra potential moves to go into that continuous process of success as sean has mentioned there we are going to get in now to the listener question and sean before we do that what i want to mention is obviously we do these shows three times a week we talk about them all the time we had travis may on earlier this week to talk about the prospects so i would highly recommend people check those shows out but i had a few comments on twitter for example or not on twitter sorry on youtube to say they had kind of taken a break after the nfl season obviously we're doing this all the time (laughs) other people i think people Sean maybe with more sanity are taking that little bit of a break but we appreciate everyone who's stuck with us listened through all the shows but i've you know people putting in comments about they had that break they're back they're so happy to see us on their screens again to be able to listen into the content and those things are a lot of fun for us to get those comments and if you are new if you are here coming back in whichever way it is welcome to road of His overtime but click that subscribe button and make sure you are subscribed to the road of His overtime podcast feed to get all those episodes once they come out i probably should say that more and more often on the show sometimes it slides sean to the back of my mind as we're going through the podcast but that was a comment and a couple of them have come in that I really enjoyed uh so thank you for anyone who has had a little bit of a hiatus and are back for the nfl draft and ready to go for the season hopefully you're enjoying today's show and the rest of the upcoming content we all have
0: coming your way we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Sean the second question that we're going to look at is kind of a lot of questions coming in around Justin Jefferson and and how you should go about acquiring him and when we were talking about before the show I was and is it even something that maybe people should be considering you have to have a kind of a roster that you feel is really ready to just needs that final Peter you also need to have the depth of resources that it is a possibility to go ahead and get Justin Jefferson so there's a number of questions come in the first one is involving you know moving potentially in super flex joe burrow and a pick to get justin jefferson he also mentioned but he's not sure if it's a great plan to go ahead and execute that obviously you have to be giving up one of your main quarterbacks this team now i have to say is as loaded as you can possibly get in a super flex team i'll only mention the quarterbacks but it's josh allen patrick mahomes and joe burrow so i want to know what this guy's secret has been to acquiring those three quarterbacks but when we look down To the second one, it is a person with the 101, and they're kind of wondering what should they do with the 101 in Dynasty and add in pieces to try and get Jefferson. But the first question, Sean, before we go into what people should do if they want to actually get Jefferson, the question is a bit like we've done with Waddle, who you mentioned is your wide receiver six, and is obviously not at the same valuation as the likes of Justin Jefferson, and we'll add in Jamar Chase to the this because they're quite close in terms of their value. But should people be looking to trade into getting a player like that who is now at the peak of his value or should it be more of a case that you're kind of i know there's not probably just going to be as easy as this. have the next justin jefferson but are you better to be going for that tier below who may still ascend to that level rather than the the hall that you're going to have to give up to to go and get jefferson at this point of his career if you can get Jefferson, Jefferson, (laughs) Jefferson, right i mean you can make an argument it all for him
2: that i mean he's awfully close to josh allen and patrick mahomes at the top of the board there now all of these guys are in my top tier i think that in reality allen and mahomes and specifically mahomes really exist in sort of a separate super tier where you Potentially give up four or more first-round picks for them. Something that's going to be difficult to do and have much of a team left. But if someone could do it, it would be this team. You mentioned that this is one of the greatest teams we've ever seen, and so there is a possibility for this roster to go out and get a Justin Jefferson. It has Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow, as you mentioned. It's good at wide receiver. It's good at tight end. It, has, it also
1: has Colt McCoy. Don't don't forget to mention Colt McCoy. That's Colt McCoy as well.
2: I did trade Colt McCoy for a decent pick in a recent draft to someone we had traded Kyler Murray for. It it's hard to believe that Colt McCoy is perhaps going to be a starting wide receiver, a starting quarterback at the beginning of this season. This team has four first round picks. Injured reserve includes Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, and Brees Hall. Now just right there. The first thing that comes to mind is, again, just the recognition of the fact that injuries happen and they can happen to a specific roster in a devastating way. Once this team has those players back and healthy, and then we hope, you know, certainly for Taylor, but for the other two guys also, that that's early in the season. I mean, this is almost an unstoppable juggernaut, but even that kind of team can lose because of injuries. So you're going to try and keep getting better and better and better. If this team were to acquire Justin Jefferson, they would have my top three ranked players But the the issue with moving Burrow is it is going to improve the QB scoring for another one of the teams out there. Burrow is not very far behind a Jefferson in terms of value. I think that you could argue that easily if he starts hot and Jefferson has a little bit of a slower start, if teams at any point start to be able to figure out some solutions for him. We know that he had a disastrous week 17 that hurt everyone in best ball. If teams catch up with Kirk Cousins or just as you get that transition from Cousins to whatever they do after him, and that time period is going to be coming during the course of Jefferson's career. It could cut it a little bit shorter in terms of the very high-end scoring. That portion, always difficult. Getting a starting QB is so tough. That we have players who weren't good in college who are being considered for top five draft picks. Again, the desperation for that when you don't have a starter, something that should be considered. Whereas Joe Burrow, I mean, the biggest thing that is standing between him and 11, 12, 15 years of elite production is just getting hurt himself, which obviously can't happen. But you look at that, and one of the other interesting players, I think, on this roster is calvin ridley he's someone i think that you could throw in his value right now is extremely high when you consider the success or lack thereof of players who are coming off of different types of suspensions and you're obviously dealing with a relatively small sample there but it's been tough to come back once you're out of the nfl for a while and ridley is a player where even if he comes back successfully, he's not someone who has this long trade window coming up to where you're going to be able to play him for a while and then move him at his peak. Mostly with Ridley, you're hoping that you're going to get a couple of decent years before he goes away. And so he's someone, and it's that type of player that I think that you can use to bridge the gap where you're taking someone of real value, but a very risky kind of guy and moving to get a Justin Jefferson. So I would like that move with it. You look at the tight ends here in a Dawson Knox, a Dalton Schultz, both of those players. And right now those players are feeding into the additional flex positions because of some of the injuries this manager has. Those are guys that you might look to use to bridge the gap because Knox is so touchdown oriented and gives you some week to week inconsistency and a player because of what his profile is that I mean, he could be in a little more danger of being phased out in Buffalo than a true above average type of player. You have Dalton Schultz moving to the Texans. I think that he'll still do fine there, especially if they end up with Bryce Young. But again, someone where you can move out of some of the uncertainty, move out of some of the risk. If you're going to make that move for Jefferson, you've got to have players with real value. And yet, because Jefferson and Burrow are close enough, I mean, you're not wanting to give away something that a year from now if burrow is the more valuable player that you've also thrown in something else extremely significant elijah moore another guy on this roster where his upside now that he's moved out of that horrible situation with the jets again i think because he was so bad last season it's easy to forget how good he was as a rookie and how really how good and even then undervalued he was as a prospect and so again player with a very wide range of outcomes a player where on a team this loaded is probably not someone you have to keep, but those are some of the types of guys. And obviously beyond those three players, listeners are going to have rosters that are very different, but that I think illustrates the type of move you might make. If you're in a situation where you have to include picks, you can throw some of those in, but it certainly wouldn't be an additional first round
1: pick on top of Joe Burrow to get up to Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And the other one not to add just specific to this team is, I mentioned the depth of quarterback and you've mentioned the depth of running back, even though it was uninjured reserve towards the end of last season. Outside of that bench depth, and you've mentioned Calvin Ridley, Kelly Herbert's there too, who who I like. But there is also the opportunity to, to fill out that. But again, looking at the the draft, you're gonna have the 103, the 107, the 108, the 112, the 203. So that's a lot of ammunition in those first kind of 15, 16 picks off the draft. But I, I do think this team adding a Jefferson obviously is a, a big upgrade, but I'd potentially look to do it in, in slightly different ways to be able to also fill out the the overall bench step. Sean, one other question just to ask Sean, moving on to somebody with the 101 looking to say what else would they add to get Jefferson? I think you've kind of covered a lot of parts of it with the way you've answered the first section, but with this drafter, for example, having those five picks as I've mentioned in the first 15 picks of this year's draft, you mentioned that know the likes of a josh allen the likes of a joe burrow or patrick mahomes could be worth up to four first round picks if it's a case of somebody has that ammunition in the picks department what are you saying that would be feasible to be given up here for a justin jefferson
2: now that we're into draft season and you can put names to these picks we can see just how much difference There is between an early first round pick and a late first round pick in any given draft. And that's going to change draft to draft. And when you're talking about future first round picks, obviously you don't know where a team is going to end up. One of the reasons to actually go out and acquire picks from a team that looks good is that the dynamic of drafts tends to push down some of the players who are going to end up with the most value. They push those picks down to or those players down to the teams that were already good, right? And one of the things that we're seeing right now is you're probably gonna have a running back at the top. You're gonna have quarterbacks, maybe a second running back, and and we're in favor of especially the running backs. And then if you need QBs, the QBs give you that upside. It's not that we're not in favor of those picks, but that's gonna push interesting receivers to the back half of the draft, which, I mean, those in many, many cases end up being the players who form the foundation of your team anyway. The other thing that can happen it's just that we discussed where a team that looks unbeatable goes out and has their three best players get hurt. And suddenly you're looking at having traded for a pick that when they were moving it to you, they were thinking about it as the 110 through the 112, and suddenly it becomes the 103 through the 105. And that gives you a lot more. But now that we're here with the 101 and with Bichon Robinson, I mean, he's the guy who is right at that edge between the first tier and the second tier and i think that you can put him at the bottom of that first tier. certainly the fact that almost everyone has him valued ahead of the qbs gives a real sense of just what a superstar running back can still do and still means and the fact that he is there when there are now injuries and then overall offensive questions for jonathan taylor and there's that injury for Brees hall those are the two guys who are really close or would be close if they weren't coming off of a second half of the 2022 season that really damaged their value. If both of those guys had come out cleanly, I think they would probably be at or above the spot that Robinson is, but they didn't. And so that gives even a little bit more value to Robinson just by comparison. With that being the case, the gap between Jefferson and Robinson is not that large, even if it's a situation where you have to play Robinson as a rookie and you're certainly hoping for an Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley type of rookie season, not the slightly lesser rookie season that you got from Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey that led into an explosive year two. Because with Robinson, you prefer just to play a massive rookie season and then move him, hopefully at that point, for even more value, maybe than a Jefferson or a Chase would have. It's going to be tough because people understand the likelihood of long careers at the two different positions. But there are moves you can make there. So I don't think that you should give up that much more. The issue with Robinson or the 101 to Jefferson is that you're looking at a very specific player. And that's a like player. The manager who has that guy may not be as interested. The great thing about the 101 is that, I mean, there's even a chance that someone who needs a quarterback might want to get in there. But definitely all of the managers in your league who are really excited about Robinson are going to want in on that. And I mean, that's probably six, seven people. But if the Jefferson manager isn't one of them, then it makes it almost a no-go. You're going to have to put too much additional in. But out of those six or seven opposing managers, there may even be one or two that have him so high that you can move that pick for a value that is even above what Robinson's actual huge value is and so I, I think that that's the spot that you're in right now where you want to figure out if you're not going to take robinson maybe you don't look for a specific player i mean if you're going to look for a specific player make it justin jefferson he's the guy that we want but how much can you get out of that pick if you're going to move it and have it not be robinson the open-ended nature of it in terms of being able to negotiate with everybody is very valuable right now
1: i hope that was uh beneficial i know there was a number of questions that come in I hold my hands up. I have uh, forgotten to add the names to today's show sheet, Sean. So that is a faux pas on my side. But hopefully anyone that's been asking Justin Jefferson questions over the last two or three weeks, that has been very helpful to talk to it in a variety of kind of different ways. And we do try and keep these as open-ended as possible. So it'll fit as many potential formats, teams, for example, as possible, rather than just 100% going into the specific team. But if you do have any questions you think would make for interesting show topics over the next couple of weeks or months, send them our way. You can do that by sending them my way on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, or you can send them via email at Overtime Ireland at gmail.com or rotovizradio at gmail.com. We will have a lot of draft content coming up over the next uh, four weeks, five weeks, I guess. We have some great guests lined up. We had Travis May on, as I mentioned earlier this week. Check out those two shows as we talk through basically all the skill positions of the NFL draft. That was a lot of fun having Travis on. We're going to have another guest coming up make sure you are tuned in on monday to get that show monday afternoon when it comes out patrick Corrine. spoiler sean that's a spoiler you've just given away there it's gonna be so exciting our guest is pat Corrine, one of our absolute favorites looking forward to talking with him i know sean was on with pat this week so make sure you check that out over on pat's new podcast as well so fantastic um You know, had a had a he had a great season last year, Sean. I think we can definitely say that as he won the BBM come the end of the season. That's what we'll all be chasing this year when it comes to basketball. But just so much content coming out from Rotoviz over time over the next couple of weeks and months. And of course, you can check out all the great written content up on rotaviz.com, including Sean's work. Well, Colin, I had a couple of underdog articles out this
2: past week. Talked a lot about the superflex content. You and I love playing superflex. So
1: I'm not We've drafting gotten quarterbacks.
2: Into, not drafting quarterbacks. I was playing a normal format this, this week, doing a little slow draft, and it wasn't super flex. The quarterbacks are not taking the entire first round, the entire second round. By avoiding them, you don't get this super team. It's like I just drafted someone in the first round here who would have been my third or fourth round pick in Superflex. Where does Superflex go? No, I mean it's fantastic. We love it. It's a lot of fun. You can do so many different things there. And Colin, we had A lot of listeners do extremely well in underdog last year. If we have listeners who are wanting to get into it, what can they do to get some extra money?
1: Sean is getting to be a real pro with these segues as well. So uh, you can sign up over at underdog fantasy and use the code rotavis to get yourself a 100% sign up bonus up to $100. We will be sneaking in some drafts as we are on the clock. Sean, talking about YouTube feedback. One feedback comment was that we should be using dark mode moving forward for our drafts rather than the white mode so
2: people like dark mode huh
1: people I'm a big fan of dark mode I must admit that but this isn't feedback from me it is a feedback from a a comment that is not a burner account of mine. But yeah that is going to get us towards the end of today's show. Three shows this week trying to keep that up as we move here through the off season and as I mentioned earlier it's great as we get more and more people coming back in, listening to the shows post kind of Super Bowl I guess. It's going to be exciting. So until we are back, my name is Colum Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Martin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. You can check all of his work, as I mentioned, up at rotaviz.com. And until next time, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotaviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotaviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotaviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotaviz with a discount through the Rotaviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.